Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Dr. Bo Bruce. Today, we reflect on the wedding at Cana, where according to our tradition, the Lord performed his first public miracle by changing water into wine. As we heard on the Feast of the Epiphany, this event is one of the three key events, along with the visit of the Magi and Christ's baptism, that we celebrate during this season of Epiphany. Each of these events reveals the divinity of Christ, hence the name Epiphany, which likely comes from the Greek word for an appearance or manifestation. Our Eastern Rite brothers and sisters focus particularly on, this, on the baptism, where the Trinitarian nature of God is so clearly revealed. The Father speaks from heaven, the dove descends, and Jesus is there being baptized, who's revealed to be God's Son. For this reason, they call this same feast Theophany, placing an even greater emphasis on this direct manifestation of God in his totality. This is obviously right and proper, but so is our Western take on this feast. I believe the Western take on these events places the focus instead of on the Trinitarian nature of God, on another critical feature of our Orthodox faith, that is, the two natures of Christ. The God-man, who is 100% divine and 100% human simultaneously. Each of these stories, along with the finding of Jesus in the temple, which is also among the Gospel readings of the season of Epiphany, combine the ordinary with the extraordinary. Even the baptism itself, which so beautifully manifests that Trinitarian nature of God, has a very human aspect to it. John is very reluctant to baptize Jesus, but Jesus convinces him. Jesus, who has been since before anything was, accepts baptism by John, humbly as a man, in a specific place and a specific time. The earthly kings visit the infant Jesus, reflecting his divinity, but also doing so in a physical and incarnate way after a long journey by meeting a real human infant and his family. This is not just intellectual assent or rapturous emotion. This is a meaty, fleshy reality. This is not only theophany, but anthropony, a revealing of the reality of mankind in the new Adam Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that brings us to the story today, which I think has the most anthropanic elements, if I could use that word, of the three of our epiphany headline stories. First, Jesus is essentially a nobody at this point. Sure, he has a couple of disciples at least, but the fact that Jesus is not the key invitee to this wedding is underscored by the evangelist introduction to this tale. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And oh yeah, Jesus was invited too. You know, kind of as an afterthought. Second, the whole tale is full of people problems. It's a wedding, and they've run out of wine. Is this really something to spend even a moment of the creator of the universe's time on, especially when he's only here for 33 years? And his mom's asking, I mean, oh mom, come on. Do I have to help with this? Can't I just hang out with my disciples? 
I'm sure you've never had your mom ask you to do anything that you might have preferred not to do. And third, like nearly all of Jesus's miracles, they require action on the part of others and use of the ordinary physical matter, in this case, water. In others, mud put on a blind man's eyes. In others, the simple touch of a garment. And it's on this last part that I want to focus. And I think that it sheds light on some of Jesus's apparent reluctance in this tale. If we look at his other miracles, there are few, if any, that address such a trivial matter as running out of wine at a wedding. Yeah, there are people who try to make this wedding issue into something absolutely terrible by explaining how weddings went on for days and that this could have caused great shame for his family. And perhaps that's true. Others have suggested that perhaps this was a friend of the family. So Mary really was showing true concern for this family involved because they were related to one another. And still, for me, thinking through all the other miracles of Jesus, like healing serious at times, lifelong mental and physical illness, feeding thousands of people, shows of control over the natural world, bringing people back from the dead, you have to admit that running out of wine at a wedding does seem to be fairly trivial, regardless of who's involved. And this isn't to say that Jesus, that is our God, doesn't care about our temporal, seemingly trivial needs. To the contrary, Jesus himself tells us that God guarantees to take care of our true temporal needs so that we can stop worrying about those and focus on what really matters. As St. Luke records in his gospel, chapter 12, starting verse 22, and Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you? and the birds, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O you of little faith, and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows, your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added unto you. There's another aspect that I find interesting about this account to deal with the lack of the wine at the wedding. Wine is a human creation a human craft, just like bread. You don't go pick bread off a tree. And although fruit can naturally ferment occasionally in the right conditions, more often we all know it just spoils without some human care. What we see in the bread and wine is mankind taking the gifts of God's creation, wheat, grapes, and yeast, and through care, work, and skill, also gifts from God, used well and rightly, creating something of our own. Something we could say that's actually supernatural, in the sense that without people, there would be no bread and wine. 
God created everything from nothing, and we create from what God gave us. And in the Eucharist, the central Christian sacrament, we give God our supernatural creations of bread and wine, and he takes them from us and even further transforms them and elevates them into the life-giving body and blood of his son. Instead of doing God's work, healing the sick and blind, healing, bringing people back to life, and most importantly, bringing us all back, bringing us all to eternal life with God, and transforming us to be more and more godlike, Mary asks her son to take care of the fact that this poor couple has run out of wine. So when he responds to Mary with a question, what does this have to do with me? I hear him thinking perhaps something along the lines of, you know I created the world and all you see, but I left you guys with making the wine. And in that moment, that key moment just then, we see the anthropony. Jesus is a human being with real human concerns, a real respect for his mother's wishes. And after all, winemaking is indeed the domain of us mere humans. So what does he do? As a human, he manifests his humanness through winemaking. And yet there's also a theophany to it. In his divinity, he makes that wine in a miraculous way. He starts with mere water and changes it into wine. He doesn't start with grapes and not just any wine, but he makes the best wine and lots of it. Furthermore, that theophany reveals to us that God is so humble that he's even willing to do the work that we, could, we should do ourselves. If that's what's needed to show compassion, love, and respect for other human beings. So in this miracle, I see something very ordinary, something completely trivial, something mundane, completely human. And yet in this miracle, I see the very nature of Christ a nature that assumes all that we have so it can be saved, a humble, loving God. I see both my equal and my ideal. I see my brother and my God. And as I look at all those other even more profound and, dare I say, more miraculous miracles, this first of miracles grounds all the rest in his humanity. In them, seeing the wedding at Cana, it's easier for us to not only see a powerful God, but a faithful human being. Not just a compassionate God, but the compassionate person we are called to be. I more deeply perceive that our God cares about feeding our bodies and souls. And I see that our God is not above anything, even death, to bring us the true wine that will heal our souls and bring us all to eternal life. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, let us be encouraged by this beautiful event that is only recorded by St. John, the theologian and evangelist. I suspect that perhaps Jesus did other miracles like this one, taking care of some more daily, less dramatic matters. But the other gospel writers focused on those that particularly demonstrated Christ as a Messiah. John, having the luxury of looking back on these events, reflected on the totality of Jesus. And as he himself says about it, there were also many other things that he did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose the whole world itself could not contain the books that would be written. John looks over all those things and realizes that he could help round out the story with the wedding at Cana. Yes, Jesus and the evangelist St. John wants to point his point to Mary and those at the wedding 
and us towards the stuff that really matters. And that's why Jesus at first is softly rebuking the request. He wants us to be led to living bread, living wine, that feed our mind, our body, our soul, the body and blood of Christ, our true encounter and communion with the divine itself. The bread and wine from God that permit us to truly taste God, just as that bread and wine that we create and God transforms into the super substantial bread and wine of heaven. So, brothers and sisters, let us transform ourselves into a reasonable and holy sacrifice through faith and repentance so that God can transform us and bring us to the most unimaginable, most incredible wedding feast that eternity has ever seen. Let us rejoice that Jesus, our God and our Lord, is willing to meet us in our needs, no matter how small, as our fellow human being, and elevate us to the very throne room of heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.